Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports, an association locally in the 518 area code with Godzilla Media. To my right is my co my, is my second chair, my broadcast partner, Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. It's Monday. It's a new week, and... Uh, we're going to talk some sports, but before we do that, we also got some special guests as well. We're going to introduce mm-hmm. them in just a moment or two. They'll be here for a little bit, but before we do that, we just want to remind you about our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and the seldomly used TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. On YouTube, it's YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, whether it be on whether it be live or if it's on replay, why don't you go ahead and smash that like button, smash responsibly. <laughs> on the podcast side, you can subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast networks, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, wherever you podcast, you can subscribe us to us there. Rate and review five stars. Five stars. One, two, one, two, three, four, fifth. Stars, <clears throat> it's the preferred amount of stars you can give us for a rating and a review. And if you review review it, we might even read it on the air, no matter how awesome or how disgusting your comment is. And as always, since this is a in listener and viewer engaged show, Dustin, I know you've been here and waiting all week to hear this beautiful, beautiful sound, but engage with the show. We want to hear your comments. We got to hear that lovely, lovely sound. Here we go. That's right. Engage with us. I guess I guess you see some comments are already pouring in. Our buddy Jeff saying our comments about Dustin's hair aloud. Absolutely. Go. Oh for yeah. Right ahead, yeah. Jeff. He also <laughs> says, "Oh, and hi all. Hi Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we appreciate it. 
you know, I decided to just wing it today. And, and, and I was like, should I correct it before the live stream? And I went, nah. No, this is no, this is a hey, stylistic hey, choice. Hey, Bishop Bowwinkle, should uh, Dustin have uh, a <laughs> style his hair before the show? All right, enough screwing around. We got some special guests. We've got from the Rising to the Occasion podcast joining us for the first twenty-five minutes or so of the show. The first twenty minutes of the show. We've got Josh and Jeremy joining us all the way live from an undisclosed bunker uh, somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> Josh <laughs> and Jeremy, thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing good. pretty good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. But, you know, I was just thinking, you know, I've I, I seen everything that people were wearing at the Met Gala, and your hair doesn't even compete, Dustin. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was, Dustin's I was going trying. for the. Dustin's going for the Lukes, as uh, <laughs> as the kids call it, <laughs> L-E-W-K-S. <laughs> so oh, we're going to start our show by talking some MLB news. Major League Baseball had plenty of things going on with Major League Baseball this week. Uh, locally, we're in we're in the uh, the Northeast where we're surrounded by Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox fans. But Dustin and I are Yankees fans, so we're going to talk about the Yankees. They lost two out of three in Tampa. Close series, all three all three games separated by one run, but the Yankees are currently in last place in the in the AL East, and I want to get your guys' opinions. Is it time for the Yankees to panic, or they just or do they just need to get healthy? And they have Oakland for the next couple of games, so at home. So, do the Yankees need to sweep Oakland in order to get their season right? And Josh and Jeremy, I'm going to start with you guys. Uh, what's your opinion on the matter with the New York Yankees? What what do you think is going on there? I mean, personally, I think the Yankees, I mean, it's still early in the season. That's the amazing thing about baseball. That's what makes it kind of hard to follow along is there's so many games. But yeah. at the same time, for the players aspect and for the team's aspect, it's such a long season. I don't think it's quite time to panic, but it is time to kind of get that button ready. Maybe yeah. maybe just don't unveil it yet. Maybe just keep it covered. Have it have time. it sitting right there, kind of like a is it is it deal or no deal that has a little button and you flip it up and hit yep. the button. That's just keep yep. keep that little cover down and don't hit it yet, but get it ready just in case because it is starting to get scary. But I I, I think it's such a long season. You just kind of got to write it out and hope that everybody can get healthy a little faster. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and Dustin, about you, I saw I've seen that uh, the uh, Aaron Judge comes back tomorrow night. He's off of IL. I don't know when. Stanton's Giancarlo. coming back. Giancarlo Glass Glass Joe Stanton. <laughs> oh, I don't know when he's coming reference. back. Anytime, yeah, you can, anytime you can sneak a punch-out reference into the show, I'm all for it. That's one of my favorite video games of all time. But anyhow, anyhow, I, I'm kind of with Josh on this one. I feel like the Yankees... First of all, I'll take responsibility for it. Garrett Cole must have heard me complimenting him. Uh, a couple of shows ago, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop pitching well because that guy with the funky hair, I got to keep him off his guard here. I got to keep him <laughs> on his toes. But I do feel like the Yankees, to lose a game like they lost in Tampa, that last one, they were up 6 nothing, and they, and they proceeded to blow that game. That is – I know it's early in the season, but that's a bit of an indicator – 
because last year the Yankees found ways to win games like this, not lose them. And uh, there are a lot of injuries, but pitching has been inconsistent the last few years. The run, the Rendon signing looks like a disaster early. Try not to panic, but in my opinion, if you don't take three, what's it a three or four game series in Oakland? Uh, they had three game series three. against Oakland, and then a four game series against Tampa at home. Okay, if you don't take the three games in Oakland, you. You got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And no offense to Oakland, they have uh, the players are doing the best they can under those circumstances. That lineup is, you know, people say that it's a triple A lineup. I wouldn't go that far, but you've got to beat Oakland because on paper, that's a team that you should beat and you should beat them handily um, because Tampa is going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough series. If the Yankees split that series, I'll be happy. Well, this is the entire month of May for the Yankees. So we've they've got Oakland tonight to, uh, for a three-game series starting tonight. They got a four-game series against Tampa, who looks unstoppable right now. Uh, then they're at Toronto, at Cincinnati. They got to win against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. At home against Baltimore, then at home against uh, S- San Diego. Then they travel to Seattle for a three-game s- stretch there. Uh, they're on the West Coast in in uh in late may into early june so to me they have to sweep oakland and yes it's unfair to, to call oakland a um, a triple a lineup granted like w- their entire payroll is we show hey otani's one year salary yeah so that's how rough things are in oakland right now but the yankees they gotta do something they gotta to say, I think this, this will be this, a season. To me, I think it's a, sa- a season-saving uh, series. This could make or break him because once they get, I think he's last year. Once they got started, once they got rolling, they they got rolling and and they just mm-hmm. were unstoppable until about end of July, August last year when they got all those injuries and guys were they were losing games left and right. Yeah, they're doing a, they're losing left and right right now. And it's just going to be interesting to see what they do this week. This, this three-game series, I kind of, kind of wonder if the, if this stretch, if this bad stretch goes into May, or it goes later into this month. I kind of wonder if Aaron Boone's going to be out of a job. Could be possible. There's been rumblings of that for a long time now, and uh, it seems that a lot of uh, – I mean, if you li- if you listen to some of the Yankee fans that comment on social media and stuff, Aaron Boone's the worst manager in baseball. Now, I, I think he's a far cry from that, but uh, he does – he does some things every once in a while as a as a Aaron Boone knows more about baseball in his pinky than I do in my whole you know being. But um, still, he does some things every once in a while that make me scratch my head and go, hmm, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to wonder if if Aaron if uh, Aaron Boone is not a human, but he's actually an AI machine. Ah. Uh. With all the analytics he does, because he trusts the analytics so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm beginning to wonder if he's a if he's a, if he's a chat bot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boom, GPT. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
No, I think in, in New York, you're, you're seeing a really similar situation because I, I don't know, you're, you're taking a good manager who I, I agree with you, Dustin. I don't think he's, personally, I don't think he's worth firing yet. Uh, you're seeing a similar situation over, uh, you know, with the, with the Rangers in New York. Uh, I'm a big Rangers fan and seeing them get rid of their head coach for, you know, really a very, very comparable coaches, I think. And you, you just kind of get in this groove of, of, um, not quite mediocre. I mean, because the Yankees were really good last year, um, but you know, just above mediocre, where you're you're getting to the playoffs, you're doing well there, but you just can't push it any further. And the fans get ir- irritated, they get fed up, uh, and they're, they're ready to move on to see what somebody else could do to step in to to do something, you know, to kind of bring them forward. So I can understand fans' frustrations, um, but you know, uh, living in the Midwest, my my family is. Uh, I'm not, so please don't accuse me of being one. But my family is Nebraska fans, uh, and they they got rid of a pretty good coach that was getting them nine or ten win, uh, wins a season to trade down to, uh, you know, uh, we, they had Mike Riley for a little while, who really barely got them to yeah, five you or trade six. Bo, you, you trade Bo Pelini for Mike Riley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so, you know, you go down to to maybe five to six tops. Uh, and then you trade him in for what seemed like a better, better choice uh, in Scott Frost. So from coming from that perspective and seeing the fans around here going through that, that depression uh, of, of trading in a, a coach that they really should have stuck with. Uh, and they did, they did the similar situation years ago with, with Solich. Um, but, you know, you just kind of see that. I, I hope that this isn't where New York is, is heading if they do that. I think they've got enough reputation and enough money to to get a good manager in there if they do go down that road. But uh, I just hope that that's not the case for, for the Yankees because they're such a, a name brand in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you don't have George Steinbrenner, God rest his soul, breathing down your neck yeah. every so often. You have Hal yeah, Steinbrenner, yeah. who's a lot more he's tepid. He's, yeah, he's... He's measured. He he takes a more measured approach, I'd say, and I, and I do think I agree with 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 Josh's point. I think it's become I think it's become a trend, and and you can all correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. But it's in the air. It's easy to blame the coach, the manager, whatever, because um, it's the quick fix. I mean, uh, we don't usually cover the NBA much on this show, but I was shocked to see that Mike Budenholzer was let go by Milwaukee because of their first round exit in the playoffs this year, his record, he's done very well with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I just couldn't believe that after he took him to the finals, the previous year, you know, they're the defending champions and his record is uh, above 500 by a bit from what I understand in his, in his couple year stint in Milwaukee there. And they just axed him because of a first round playoff exit. You know, they're not even giving these coaches, um, in some regards, not even giving these coaches. Now, Boone has been the manager of the Yankees for a number of years now, so that's not his situation. But some coaches don't even get a chance to get started before they're let go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very true. We're going to move on from the from the Yankees. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves. They're, they're rolling right – speaking of rolling teams, they're rolling right now. They've won five of their last six. They're the top team in the National League right now. Guys, are – and Dustin, I'm going to start with you. Are they the team to beat right now in the National League? Well, it's it's early in this marathon sprint of a season, but I mean they've got they've got talent everywhere. I think I think most people would agree that that their pitching is better than people thought it was going to be for the last couple of years. Yeah. And now even with even with Ian Anderson out of the lineup now, yeah. you had Tommy, you had to have Tommy John surgery. So yeah. Uh, 
So he's out of the lineup until at least what next May, I think. Yeah, I think oh. he's going to miss the entire rest of the season. Um, but it is – I mean, even even Marcel Ozuna is starting to hit for them. I mean, the Braves are just going on all cylinders right now. And they when, when you are able to send a talented player like Vaughn Grissom back down to the minors, uh, you're doing some things right. And Sean Murphy, who I – in earlier episodes of this show, uh, when the season first started, I said, man, this this contract, maybe he's feeling the pressure a little bit because he did not have a great start to the season, but he's starting to pick it up. So, I mean, the Braves are just firing on all cylinders right now, and I'd say they're easily the best team in the NL. Um, what are what are your thoughts, gentlemen, on the situation here? Josh and Jeremy, what's your, what's your feeling on the matter? Yeah, I mean, I... I think the Braves are always kind of going to be one of those teams that I think I kind of look at from the MLB standpoint and say that they're, they're going to make a good run. Uh, they're, they're good and they're historically good. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're going on a tear right now. Uh, I know you kind of brought up the Red Sox there just a minute, but I'd like to bounce back to the Red Sox real quick. Cause I think they're also on a tear. I think eight of nine, uh, the Phillies just beat them yesterday, but uh, I'm, I'm a Red Sox fan. So I'll, I'll bring them up, them up and give them a little shout out too, but no, bouncing back to the Braves though. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, when they get healthy and fully healthy, I think they're going to be really dangerous because I don't think they're fully healthy yet. Uh, and so I, mean, I think they've got some guys that have come back in and they're playing that haven't quite reached their, you know, maybe whatever 90% potential. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Braves a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean you get overall, the Braves. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. <laughs> no, like what Josh mentioned with even what they just done with Quote from Mong, who they just recently get done playing with in a series, the Cincinnati Reds. Or I want to say did they just get done recently playing because I know I'm, I remember seeing highlights from the Atlanta Braves and then just looking at them overall they're like you mentioned Josh they're a team to be to become reckoned with and once they fully get to that fully potential health then they're definitely going to be one of the teams to keep it down uh, the Braves just played ball the Braves just played Baltimore yeah. Yeah. three games series against Baltimore Orioles. yeah um, who are not a bad team either let's give them no. some well, and, too no, they just now. They just now beat the Mets recently too. Who, let's be honest, the Mets are good. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much as I think none of us want to say, the Mets are the Mets are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Buck Showalter, he's a great manager. He always he's always manages to put things together. Um, but I I will say, uh, Josh, the Red Sox offense is on fire right now. And yeah. Chris Sale must have heard me talking junk about him, so I. I got I got a bad track record. I jinxed Jer- uh, Garrett Cole, and I was like saying Chris Sale looked like hot garbage, and now he's on a tear again. So, <laughs> well, and, so and I'm shout really out just... to the, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Phillies too for what they were able to do to the Red Sox yesterday because only holding them to one run is really tough, tough with that that batting lineup. They have just been hitting dingers uh, for the last mm-hmm. you know twelve games. Really, they've been hitting the over like like crazy. <laughs> So speaking of the Red Sox and the Phillies, did you guys see the standoff yesterday between the, the two two of the two of the players and the Red Sox and the uh, Phillies? Who got, who got ejected? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was able to see a little bit of it because I, I wasn't able to catch the game, but I was able to go back and kind of watch some of the highlights. That's how I ca- catch up on a lot of them that I I can't find. But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a personally I'm I'm a big fan of any kind of fights. That's why I love hockey so much because you're allowed to. Um, so anytime <laughs> you can kind of get into it a little bit and get yeah. chippy. Uh, I mean, it just, to me, it just shows the passion for your team and for the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, are these standoffs getting kind of silly? Are they kind of silly, or is this just a matter of just good old fashioned gamesmanship? I think it's honestly just a matter of gamesmanship. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the situation um, because a lot of times, I, and I don't know about that situation. I didn't see what happened afterwards, but a lot of times, what you'll see is those players will get together after the game and they'll be fine. You know, like they'll they'll ship yeah. it out on the field because it's in the middle of the game. The same thing with hockey. You'll see that a lot in hockey, mm-hmm. where you know, two guys they understood. Like uh, I, I think it was in the. I'm trying to think. It was earlier in the season. I know I was watching a Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins uh, game and. Uh, somebody got hurt in the middle of the game and, uh, uh, you know, one of the other players just looked at him and, and said, you know, like, you know, you're going to have to pay for this. And they shook, shook each other's heads, dropped the gloves and go at it. And it's just part of that gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. are definitely times where just it's just silly and it makes no sense why they'd be getting in, in there, chippy fights like that. There's also that thing in hockey where the we had the last players to leave the ice. I think it was, uh, was it Brad Marchand? And I forget who the other player was. They, they're just stay on the ice until the referees, either, either the referees came along or they did a rake, rock, paper, scissors to figure out who's going to be the last one to leave the ice. <laughs> <how it goes. laughs> See, I like, I like that kind of stuff. It, it's supposed to be fun, you know, and you want, you want that little, those little game within the game. Cause I mean, think of, I always get on baseball a little bit because they have a reputation of like being a little bit of a stuffed shirt. You know, they don't, they, they frown upon a lot of things because quote unquote traditionalists. You're wrecking the tradition of the game, Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm wrecking the tradition the of the tradition game. Tradition of the game. And yeah. And baseball is one of the dirtiest sports. In uh, yeah. Come yeah. on. I'm wrecking the game. I'm wrecking the game just like my hair tonight. But anyway, I, <laughs> there you I, go. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, let them have it's a long season. Let them have these little game within the games. Like I remember the chewing gum thing from last year. I forget what team was doing that. It might have been might have been the Yankees, but they were throwing chewing gum trying to get the closest to the to the team logo on the field and people were up in arms about that. It's like they're just trying to have some fun and kill some time in the bullpen while the, while this game's going on. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous, you know. You know, baseball, baseball is, is one of two things. And, I, and the one thing I love about modern baseball now in the dugout, everybody just wants to have fun. Like like little mm-hmm. kids in, in the dugout. Like it, you have that little league tradition of just wanting to have fun. That's what the game is. It's supposed to be fun. I know you're getting paid hundreds of, you know, tens of millions of dollars every year to play the, a silly game. You might as well have some fun with it. I mean, I, I see the, yeah, you know, I, 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 I raved. I rave about about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Unfortunately, kind of their, their boat is kind of treading water right now. But they have that uh, dugout celebration where they have the sword, and the Seattle Mariners have the trident. Um, I'm surprised Brick Tamlin hasn't killed anybody with that trident with that trident <laughs> yet. <laughs> but I love these celebrate these these clubhouse these clubhouse celebrations when, when they have a big yeah, big and- hit or a run scored or a big big uh, uh, fielding play. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I think it is kind of a case by case situation too, because there are definitely some where it's like, really, why are you getting in a fight over that? Like now you're just being petty, and yeah. you know when you're getting up into the into the umpire's face for something that was really a good call. You know, I've seen that a lot of times, and it, it's it's easy to get frustrated at the umpire, but you got to realize they're human too, uh, yep. in, in many cases. They got so. a job to do. I mean, going back to like you guys even mentioned for celebrations. There's one celebration I saw over the weekend. I want to say it's easily one of the top five best ones. It's for the uh, Washington uh, Nationals with having the George Washington uh, <laughs> uh, 
the George Washington wig on the dugout, then all of a sudden is doing the walkthrough with the little American flag. That's probably honestly one of my favorite ones. The first so far. <laughs> nice. That's, That's probably one of the awesome. top ones I've seen so far in the league. George Washington, <laughs> my personal favorite president. He's the GOAT. All right, Josh and Jeremy, uh, you guys got to stream in a couple minutes. But before we move on, actually, since you're here, Josh, you know, we're today's today. We're brought to you, but we're brought to you by Mahler Brothers Golf. Ironically yeah. enough, we've got the founder, the CEO, the CFO, CTO and COO of Mahler Golf. So I'm going to have you explain some of your products to our our lovely audience. So you had the floor, my friend, for the next couple minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, it started off because I grew up really close to a golf course and never played a single game of golf. Had a buddy tell me, hey, you need to come play golf with me. Uh, I wouldn't do it for the longest time. Went to Top Golf and realized how difficult it is to even make contact <laughs> with the ball. So that's how I kind of got into the game of golf. Uh, and then from there, it just became a huge love for the game. Uh, and I'm still probably just as good as I was at Top Golf the first time I ever went. But I still love to play the golf. And even though my golf game isn't good, I like to look good when I'm on the golf course. And so one way that I try to do that is I try to go out and find these polos, but a lot of times polos, they just don't have a good feel. They don't fit right. Uh, you know, and I was trying to find a polo that made me look good and feel good while, while I'm on the course, something that's lightweight. Um, but you know, something that I, you know, I, I can enjoy on the, on the course. And that's, basically what I ended up uh, coming up with. And I, I thought, you know what, how about I start my own brand? And so my brother and I kind of got into it uh, together. And so we just figured, why not just call it Mahler Bros Golf? Uh, and so we, we got into it, started it and, you know, went through several suppliers before finally finding one that it was a lightweight material. It's made from re recycled material. Uh, and so it's kind of eco-friendly as well. Uh, and it really is probably the most comfortable polo I have ever worn. Uh, and not only that, but for me personally, I got to design whatever designs I wanted. Uh, and that's another thing too, is that we love to take design ideas as well. We've gotten some, uh, that are on the store from people that have just either emailed us or contacted us, uh, you know, through, through Facebook or social media and saying, Hey, do you guys have this kind of a design? And so we created it that way. Uh, and so that's, that's something that we take pride in as being able to, still be small enough right now where we can still take the, 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 uh, maybe suggestions and stuff like that from our, our, uh, our, uh, customers and stuff like that. And I kept, I kept on wanting to say viewers, <laughs> but I'm talking about the, the business here, but yeah, yeah. So for, for our customers, but uh, it really is probably my favorite polo. And I know I'm saying that as the owner, but uh, I wouldn't sell a product that I, I don't love myself. Uh, and so, yeah, it really is an amazing and amazing product. And not only that, but I also thought some golfers don't like polos. And so it's, I started coming up with mm. different t-shirt ideas and stuff like that. And so we've got t-shirts and hats and all kinds of stuff. And we're trying to expand from there. So the more, the more people we can direct over to us, to give us their money, uh, we can kind of expand from there and, and kind of give them more products as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really awesome, and it's really it's really it's, it's really funny that we had you on tonight for a short while so you could explain the product. But uh, before I let you go, tell the people where they can find you, um, and also um, tell them where they can find a possible no credentials required collection for uh, Mahler Brothers Golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you shoot me some ideas, and I will definitely yeah. put them up there. I know we've got some. We've we do have some belly up merch uh, on Mahler Bros yep, since we we're kind of got that a little bit of a partnership there. Um, but you know, as far as that, uh, you can definitely check that out. I know divots and pivots actually, you know, whenever they were part of belly up, they gave us uh, some ideas too. So we made some, some shirts directly for them. 
uh, and stuff like that. So shoot us some ideas. We'd love to kind of toy around with it. But as far as rising to the occasion, you can find us. The easiest place you can go to is rising2.com. It's just risingto.com. We've got all of our audio, our YouTube and everything, social media, uh, all tagged on there. So that's probably the easiest place for us to send everybody. We just talk about all sports pretty much like you guys do. Uh, and we, we try to cover them all. Uh, even if we don't really pay that much attention, we try to study on them and, and still give the viewers what they want. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Well, I know these guys got a stream going on in a couple minutes, so I'll let you go. But we want to thank both of you guys, uh, Josh and Jeremy from Rising to the Occasion, joining us for, for a little bit of time tonight to talk some baseball. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for guys. having us on, guys. Hey, it was awesome. Anytime. All right. So we're going to keep going with our coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the draft lottery. It's happening tonight, Dustin. Uh, we talked. We touched on it a little bit in our Major League Baseball segment with the Devils and the Ranger, the New York Rangers. My New Jersey Devils advance to the second round. Uh, they're currently behind 2-1 in their series against Carolina, but they wound up spanking the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday. But we had a fallout. On Saturday, when Rangers hire uh, when the Rangers fired Gerard Gallant, their head coach, after two seasons, and after they're basically they loaded the lineup with guys like Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane uh, mm-hmm. to go on a deep what they thought was going to be a deep Stanley Cup run. Unfortunately for Rangers fans, they got to see their teams uh, eliminated in seven games against the New Jersey Devils. So. Uh, looking at the trend, I, you know, you mentioned it with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks head coach being fired after this season, after their poor performance in the first round of the playoffs. Is this is this sort of an, an anomaly for in sports now to fire the coach after a poor playoff performance, or is this going to be a trending thing? I think, and I know, I guess, I guess, I dovetailed it. I think it's becoming a little bit of a trend. And honestly, I've always had the the feeling. And let me know, let me know if I'm wrong, Ryan, because you follow the NHL more than I do. But it always mm-hmm. seems like the NHL is the league where I feel like the coach's carousel moves the fastest, if that mm-hmm. makes the sense. The NHL head coaches generally seem to get less rope. Than, than than most coaches in other sports um, you know for every and there there are coaches that have had like long stretches with with teams um, you know that that does happen obviously I mean Bruce uh, Bruce Boudreau had quite a run with the with the capitals I think. Yep. I can't remember how long he was their coach. Barry Trotz was on was they was the head coach of the Predators for quite a long time. Um, so that there, there are there are runs where there are coaches that stay for long, long periods of time in the NHL, but they they seem in general NHL owners for whatever reason are more willing to pull the trigger after a couple bad performances or, you know, it just seems like in general, they don't receive as much time. I mean, Lindy Ruff, he was the coach of the Sabres for quite a while before he was on the devils. But to me, Mm -hmm. I feel like that is an anomaly in the NHL. Yeah. I I know Barry Trotz had gone from long time. I think it was 
the Nashville Predators coach for I think the first 15 or 16 yes. seasons of their of their existence. Mm-hmm. And then he was let go, picked yep. up by the Capitals, won a Stanley Cup with the Capitals, fired two right. years later, goes yep. to the Islanders, coaches a couple of seasons there, had one bad season last season and was dismissed. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of wonder where who's the Rangers going to wind up with. I wonder if they're going to give Barry Trotz a call. Barry and Barry Trotz is an excellent head coach. He's won mm-hmm. a Stanley Cup. He's taken teams to the to the Stanley Cup final twice with once. No, no, that was Peter Laviolette with the Predators. Sorry, oh, that was okay. not that wasn't Trotz. That was Peter Laviolette. But he's taken a team to the Stanley Cup and won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taken teams deep into the playoffs. So. And I kind of wonder, and this is Jimmy Dolan, uh, the genius of, of Jimmy Dolan, who, <laughs> who decided to let Gerard Gallant go. From what I understand, and from what I understand, Gerard Gallant and general manager uh, Chris Drury got into a heated discussion during game session uh, d- during game seven of the of the last round. I think it was in the, the Rangers. I, I didn't watch the game. I listened to the game because it was on because I don't have I don't have TBS so or okay. TNT. Mm-hmm. But I think it was on ESPN, so I couldn't watch. But I still couldn't watch it anyway. Oh. It's neither here nor there. Uh, but I guess from what I could, uh, from what I understand, the Rangers looked very. They looked listless. Uh, Artemi Panarin, uh, who is key he's a, he's a big player he's a big performer in the regular season but the, the postseason he disappears stan flishler the legendary stan flishler called him overpaid russian toast <laughs> oh, he only had i think he only had one point in the series against the devils patrick kane brought in to have that yeah. stanley cup experience five points i don't think he scored in the, the last five games of that series um the only guy who seemed to be performing was Chris Kreider, but he gave up a he gave up a puck in the second period of the Devils game of, of their game against the Devils that led to a shorthanded goal. And Andre Palat was on both him and Adam Fox to get the puck back, and that led to the game winning goal. I don't think this is what's much of a trend. I think it, I think it's mostly an anomaly. That's just my personal opinion. I could mm-hmm. I, you know I you know, everybody's welcome to their own. But you, you are right in the assessment that the that coaching in the NHL seems to have a shorter leash than other leagues. I would say the NFL is, yeah, you could say that for the same for the NFL, Major League Baseball managers stay a little bit longer than they should or they or they ought to. NBA coaches they 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 stay a little bit longer too. But you're right in that the NHL and, and I think the NFL too the the. The the, the the leash is much shorter when it comes to coaching because the, the the because of the desire to win to win the Stanley Cup or to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. I think it's more prevalent in the NFL to be honest with you I mean look at look at the Houston Texans yeah <laughs> they're, yeah they're the third head coach in three years yeah yeah which I still David Colley got a raw deal and even he did even Lovey Smith last and year. Lovey Smith yeah. Lovey, Lovey did all right, you know. Um, but yeah, it, I, you know, granted uh, the point that you just made, the NFL is perhaps the most reactionary league. Uh, I think to some degree, um, I tend to forget that because my my uh, my favorite team 
they've had consistency at the head coaching position for a long time now. Uh, yep. Pete Carroll's been around uh, a while. He's he's been around in ice age in NFL terms, you know. So <laughs> I guess I just I just forgot about it because because for every Belichick or Pete Carroll, there's a uh, you know a, a there's an Adam a Gase or an Adam. It. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, well, um, yeah. So it's just, I, I don't know. It's it, Kyle Hall. Who's our New York Rangers beat writer. He's also, he also runs the podcast, the broadcast hat. He had some stuff. He had some things to say about it in his last podcast. Uh, so if you're a Rangers fan, go ahead and listen to that. Go ahead and read that article. Uh, so the NHL draft lotteries tonight. And actually, before we touch on that, I just want to ask you, uh, your, from your Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl, he is currently on a pace for twenty for over 20 goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The record is shared by two players with 19, Reggie Leach in 1976, and Yari Curry from your Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. in 1985. Do you think Dreisaitl can break this record if they go if their Oilers go straight up to the final? If they go, there, there's, there's two ways that I think that – he could possibly do it. I think if they go all the way up to the final and the series, and I and I hope it's not. I hope it's not the case. But they went six games against the Kings, right? And currently they're tied yep. with the they're tied with the Golden Knights. Yep. So if they go all the way to the finals and each of the series to get there goes six or seven games, I think he has a shot to break it uh, because, I mean. He he has shown a knack for scoring goals, and also it helps that he's been a winger on Connor McDavid's line. <laughs> so, so you know, I think I think with those factors, he could do it. But I think the series would the each of the series leading up to the cup would have to be on the longer side. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be. I mean, the, there's a possibility that they could go. They could play. 21 more games to go including the Stanley cup finals. So that would be, but if they play that many games, you could definitely see him breaking the record. If they don't play that many games, they, he could, I think he could still break the record. Yeah. And the way Edmonton has been playing during, during the playoffs, they've been pretty solid. I mean, game one against, uh, against, uh, against Vegas, notwithstanding when they had a four goal lead and yeah, one of letting that go. That. Yeah. But they went up showing up in the, the second game. So tonight, 8 30 PM, that's game three in Edmonton. So the ice is tilted. It's now best. It's now best of five. So it'll be interesting to see how how long they go. So draft lotteries tonight. It's in about about twenty one minutes, and there is a lot of uh, speculation as to where the number one pick, the consensus number one pick in the draft, Connor Bedard mm-hmm. of the Regina Pats, uh, as Rod, as our friend Rod Peterson calls God's team, the Re- Regina Pats. Uh, <laughs> he is, was the leading scorer in the Canadian hockey league juniors last year with a hundred, this past year with 143 points. He had 77 goals and 76 assists in the regular season. That's an incredible scoring pace for a 17 year old, but, I'm look. I was looking at the odds, and I don't know, if Dustin, if you got a chance to look at the odds of the top teams who are projected to get the number one pick in this year's NHL draft, and presumably pick up Connor Bedard. Out of all those teams with the best chance, who do you think has the best chance to? Who do you think will win tonight's draft lottery? 
Honestly, I, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten a chance to look at the odds. So who has the best odds to get? Well, up? right now the Anaheim Ducks have an eighteen and a half percent chance of getting the number one pick. They have the most uh, they have the most balls in the draft lottery pool, followed by Columbus with thirteen and a half, Chicago with eleven and a half, San San Jose nine and a half, Montreal eight and a half, Arizona seven and a half. Philadelphia six and a half, Washington six, Detroit five, St. Louis three and a half, Vancouver three, Ottawa two and a half. Now, here's the thing with Ottawa. If the pick is not in the top five, the Arizona Coyotes will pick up their draft pick. So if it's anywhere from six through, I think what, I think what, 14 um, or not 14. Yeah, 14. If it's anywhere that through six through fourteen, then or eighteen, it'll go to the the Coyotes. Buffalo with a two percent chance. Pittsburgh with a one and a half percent. Then following in the caboose are the Nashville Predators and the Calgary Flames. They have they both have a one half percent chance of picking up the first round pick in this year's NHL draft. I've seen weirder things happen <laughs> in the draft. Case in point, two years, three years ago during uh, during our, our bubble tournament where they had the play-in tournament oh, yeah. and they had the Stanley Cup, then they had this playoffs afterwards. Team E, I'm putting it in air quotes, which means team eliminated. So if you were the first team to be eliminated from the play-in round, you were entered into the draft lottery. That particular slot had a 2.5% chance of getting the number one pick in the draft. Guess what happened? They got it. <laughs> they got it. And we find out, come to find out the New York Rangers pick up the number one pick. And they went up getting Alexei Lafreniere, who I guess has been a very big disappointment so far tonight. Uh, so, so far in his career, in his three-year career. I'm going to go, I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on, Dustin. All right. Lay the tinfoil on me. All right, so the tinfoil goes as as is as, as, as goes. I think Gary Bettman will rig this draft, and he'll have the Arizona Coyotes win the draft lottery because if there's one thing he wants in his career before he retires, he's been a commissioner for 30 years now, this is his white whale. This he is Colonel Ahab chasing Moby Dick, and Moby Dick <laughs> is stability in the Arizona area, in the Sun Belt area of the country, in the south, the southwest. I think he wants Arizona to win that draft pick so he can pick up Connor Bedard, and they can sign hometown guy Austin Matthews in the offseason. He's a free agent this year, okay. and to have Austin Matthews and Connor Bedard on the same line coming at you every, for 82 games this in next season. Right now they play in a, they play at Mullet Arena on the campus of Arizona State University. They're supposedly supposed to, supposedly having an arena built for it's going to be hockey. I just think this, this is again my conspiracy my conspiracy hats going off. If this happens, Reisterdamus is for real. <laughs> All right, yeah, I w- I will say because because this has shades of uh, what are the accusations? Patrick Ewing, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah that, that, uh, that that 
that uh, Stern like had the frozen envelope. The or frozen like envelope, so yes. He knew, so he knew which one to uh, to take. Or do you think it's just going to be a uh, – remember when the Magic ended up getting the number one pick like a couple of years yeah. um, in a row and they, they drafted uh, Shaq? Neil and, and they and they drafted – Chris Weber, Chris Weber, and who they traded. traded for Penny Hardaway. Yep, yep. So that was uh, there, there's a great thirty for thirty on that. But yep, this magic moment. Yep, yep. I can, great I can for see, I could see it happening though. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go as far to say that the tinfoil hat goes on for me. But if that happens, then Rysterdamus is for real, and Gary Bettman should give you a call because the NHL, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> it's just, uh, that if that happens, I will be very scared. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you're going to be scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Now my biggest concern though, my biggest concern is that the flames don't get it because, because Alberta is only big enough for one Connor and, and the Oilers have them. So I hope he doesn't go to the flames. I'll tell you that. They have a 0.5% chance of getting the number one pick in the draft. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do if the flames actually get them? What are are we going to say the reverse jinx? You know, like what kind of powers will I have? Well, you've already jinxed Garrett Cole. You reverse jinxed Chris Sale. If you reverse (laughs) jinx, if you reverse jinx the Calgary Flames, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, I don't don't know. It'll be Bedlam. It'll be Bedlam. And and if and if it's Bedlam. (laughs) And if the Flames get them, then uh, Brian Anderson better like watch it because <laughs> i i picked him in the battle of the bryants all the connors oh man all right before we move on to our next topic of discussion which will be the nfl we're going to talk we got we got the comment section because we haven't done that in a while dustin yeah we haven't done yeah. that this, we haven't done that since uh, the first minute or two of the program so to visit here kevin wilson our guy kev who's a uh who's part of our belly up fantasy sports teams uh, sports team, he says, calling Oakland a triple A lineup is being generous. Oh, Ooh, maybe. Harsh. Wonk on the same joining us. He says, I'm disqualified from hair comments due to the lack of hair. <laughs> same here. Uh, Jeff says to Kevin, there are 28 and 27, referring to the Oakland days. They're 8 and 27. That's fair. Basically, been as bad as Timba Bay has been good. Yeah. Uh, he also says to Wonko, "Ha ha, fair enough." Uh, we talked about the talked about the Atlanta Braves being the best team in the National National League. Uh, Kevin says clearly better. The Dodgers are on line one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's okay, true. all right. Wonko the Saints says Seattle Mariners are charging back into mediocrity. <laughs> Kevin said. Kevin said Vince. So you're not the only one. So Dustin, you're not the only one who's jinxed uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, he says Vince uh, Vince Stover from the Sto- Sports Stove Spot Sports Stove podcast. He said he, they both said they spoke highly of Cole on their show. So, which is a, which is our fantasy baseball show. He says so. I guess we jinxed him too. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you did. <laughs> Cold Iron says I'm in the chat. Welcome, Cold Iron. He also says coaching is so critical. Uh, that is true. Uh, Jeff, Jeff says been listening to this, but just finished scanning through the Denver Phoenix game from last night on mute. What the heck was Jokic doing going into the crowd to cry get the ball back like that? I don't know. I didn't watch the game. So yeah. I, I haven't really been maintaining attention to the NBA. 
So I really can't tell you. He claimed he claimed that uh, you know that the son's owner put his hand on him first. So I mean I I don't know I don't know who's telling the truth in that one. But I will tell you that I saw on Instagram today the Nuggets coach's response when he was asked about it, and uh, one of the reporters was like, "Do you <laughs> do you think the fact that the the fan who interacted was the owner of the Phoenix Suns?" if that made any difference and the coach, he, he, he looked and he's like, I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> that was, that was great. Jeff also says we have more than one ball. Yeah. Wonka says Jokic don't care. Yeah. How fun was that? And uh, Jeff's goes on to say some, from what I saw, the thing that actually happened, I thought it was so OCD or something to hit for him to care so much that the ball might not get returned. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's wouldn't be the first time a coach interacts with a or, or an owner interacts with a player during a game. Won't yeah. be the last. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Let's turn it over to some NFL news, Dustin. Let's talk about this weird tweet that Colts owner Jim Ursay sent out this afternoon. Uh, he made this really blind accusation of tampering, and I'm going to read the tweet. This mm-hmm. is what it says. And I quote, if any NFL team attempted to contact Andrew Luck or any associate of him to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy, unquote. Now, apparently, in an article on ESPN from this weekend, uh, the Washington Commanders, of course, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, made a phone call about Andrew Luck. Now, who they made it to, whether it was just kind of loose, uh, a loose uh, comment, or if it was for real, because let's face it, the Washington Commanders were pretty thin at quarterback last year. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they had said something just out of just a flippant comment about Andrew Luck being available, Luck still has three years remaining on his contract when he retired with the Colt before the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. But if he were to be reinstated, he would still remain with the Colts. Now, let me ask you, Dustin, and I'll ask anybody who's watching or listening. Do you think Ursa has a leg to stand on? Or is he being crazy? Or is this just another case of the commanders being the commanders? Well, they- <laughs> not to take not to take the uh not to take the coward's way out, but I, I feel like it's a combination of all three, I think. I think one, one. We got to remember who's coaching the Commanders. It's old Riverboat Ron. He doesn't. <laughs> he likes <laughs> to gamble. He likes to gamble. But no, that's. I mean, um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Commanders did actually inquire because Andrew Luck, he was a great quarterback. So was why, a quarterback. Uh, but um, Jim Ursay, I think he has a little bit of a point only because Andrew Luck is technically still under contract contract with the Colts if he, he re-entered the league. So mm-hmm. that's where I think Ursay has a little bit of a point, but I also think Ursay is taking it much, much too far because Andrew Luck has made no indications at all that he wants to return to football. I think if he wanted to return to football, he would have done it by now because – I mean, let's face it, the Colts didn't exactly have any legends at QB last year. So he could have just waltzed in. I mean, in. They, 
they had met, I mean, well, we're talking about Washington, right? Well, no, but the, the Colts or, themselves, I mean, Matt. Oh, Matt yeah. Ryan, well, they had Matt, they had Matt Ryan. That's yeah, neither here nor he, there. But he looked, I mean, so you're telling me that if Andrew Luck felt like he wanted to return to football, he wouldn't have given his old team a call and said, Hey, I could probably still sling it for you. Um, so that's where I think this whole thing has gotten a little too far out of hand because the most important person in this story is Andrew Luck. And like I said, as far as we know, he has made no indication whatsoever that he wants to return to football. No. I mean, I mean, I think I think Jim Irsay is talking out of his arse, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. It's not the first time he's done that. Yeah, it is true. But I also wouldn't put it past the commanders to make such a call, even if it was just a flippant comment of saying, hey, let's try and get Andrew Luck. Yeah, especially it, with their previous would, ownership. Yeah, they would have to essentially trade his – what Indianapolis would have to do is essentially trade his rights since he was still under contract with the Colts for three more years. He would have to trade his rights over to uh, to the commanders for, uh, for some draft picks as compensation. Now, what kind of draft picks they would get back, I don't know. Probably yeah. a third – probably a – I'd probably say a fourth and a fifth or a fourth and a third. But, again – I, it's just uh, you got two owners who are kind of unhinged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way, and I guess what I understand, Jim Irsay does not like Daniel Snyder at all, and he's glad to see him go once that deal for the Commanders with David Harris and uh, Magic Johnson's group goes through. Once that six million dollar deal, six billion dollar uh, deal goes through, uh, Daniel Snyder will be. Will, be glad to take his money and the, take their money and be on his merry way. So yeah. he doesn't have to deal with these headaches anymore. And the headache, and by headache, I mean Jim Irsay. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so like you said, it could be a, a combination of all three. I think it's just Jim Irsay being paranoid, and I, I think, I mean, the, the commanders could have done this. Yeah, we don't know. It's the commanders maybe, maybe. being the commanders, but I think I think Jim Irsay is just being a little bit unhinged based on something that was said in ESPN. Yeah. Blow one Super Bowl and Dustin never forgets. <laughs> <laughs> so we also got to talk about this uh, schedule release coming out this Thursday night. Uh, we're going to finally see what the 2023 schedule looks like. Adam Schefter leaked a couple of things, a couple of details about this year's schedule. And Dustin, I want to get your, I want to get your, I want to get your feeling about this. So, per Adam Schefter, this came out this afternoon. There will be a game on Black Friday this year for the yeah. first time ever. Game. They also said games are not exclusive to networks on Sundays. All games are quote free agents, so it's not network exclusive to have the CBS covering the AFC and the and Fox covering the NFC. They go all the way around. It's going to be free agent. Teams can be on Thursday night football twice. I don't know why we'd want to. And <laughs> last but not least, not all teams are guaranteed a primetime spot. Please, dear Jesus, we don't want to see the Cleveland Browns in a primetime spot this year or the Houston Texans or the Green yeah. Bay Packers or God knows who else is going to be really terrible this year. So what's your opinion about this Dustin? What, what do you see? That's a good thing about the schedule release. What do you think is going to be a bad thing about the schedule release according to this report? Well, okay. So I will say that, um, first 
I'll go with you. I'll say I'll say some of those primetime games were real stinkers last year. So I think the not every team will be guaranteed a primetime spot is is good largely. I mean, I do as a person that once very rarely saw his team on TV, um, I would look forward to the, to the one primetime game that, that the Seahawks had uh, back in the vaunted John Kitna era um, yes. or, 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 you know, some of the others. But I think at the very least it should be – there should be the, abil- the ability to flex all the primetime games. I think flex should be a thing. So mm-hmm. this aspect, while I do feel – um, for fans of franchises that may not get to see their team as much um, in a in a big game, I do think it's good because you want you want the best games in those prime time slots. So I mm. think that's a good adjustment. This whole thing about the games being free agents um, that's just weird to me. And maybe it's just familiarity coming through that the NFC has been on Fox for a long time now. The AFC is on CBS. It feels familiar. It feels feels good. I don't know how I feel about um, all games being eligible. Does that mean that more games could potentially go to Amazon? I don't, you know, like I I don't know. Dear I God, I hope not. I know. See, that's <laughs> that's where there's a little bit of uncertainty. And I, I'm going to come off as kind of a curmudgeon, I guess, on, on this whole thing. But I also don't know how I feel about a game on Black Friday. While most times I am always a proponent of more football, I want to be able to sit down and I don't like the condensed slate that we already have on that Sunday because of Thanksgiving. You know, I love the Thanksgiving games as much of, uh, as much as the next person. I love the fact that it's always Detroit and Dallas. Uh, it just feels like a tradition to me. Um, but at the same time, I think it takes away from the Sunday a little bit. When you sit down to watch football, there's there's barely any games. Yeah. Um, so the Black Friday game, I think, is a bridge too far for me. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Black Friday game either, uh, partly because it takes the shine off the National Hockey League, who has their – Black Friday game between I believe it's Boston and the Rangers uh, every year on on Thursday and uh, Friday afternoon. It also takes a shine off, and this is what the NFL has done the last since they brought the third Thanksgiving Day game mm-hmm. along at night. They're starting to try to take the shine off of college football. I believe that's what's going on here because college football that weekend, Black Friday. Uh, Thanksgiving, you have the Egg Bowl, which is in uh, Mississippi, between Mississippi State and Mississippi. That's rivalry weekend. So that's when you see some of the best college football rivalries in Division 1A, what's what's also also called the Football Bowl Series, FBS. I still call it 1A, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that interferes a lot with – that's going to interfere with rivalry weekend. And I don't like that at all. I like – I love rivalry weekend. I, I love rivalry weekend, rivalry weekend in college football. As far as the other aspects go, teams being on Thursday Night Football twice, I don't like that either. Uh, stick to the one. I mean, some some teams will be on thir- will be on Thursday twice because of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um. So you'll see Detroit and Dallas is the traditional game. I don't like the aspect of teams 
twice in a season having to have very short or three times if it's the case of going to have Detroit or Dallas uh, be a possible Thursday night a Thursday yeah, night te- yeah. game Th- three times in the, in the during the year you're going to have a very short week yep which is detrimental to everyone I think it's detrimental to the players I think it's detrimental to the coaches cuz you don't get especially especially the players since yeah, you, don't you don't get that get much the time recovery to recover, time. you don't get mm-hmm. the recovery time. It's a short week to prepare for no, another opponent who you just played on Sunday. So I don't like that at all. I mean, unless you're guaranteed a bye week somewhere where you have extra time to prepare, you play a Sunday, you get a bye week, you can come back on a Thursday. I'm okay with that. But if you're playing on a Sunday, and then a Thursday for two weeks, possibly three weeks during the season, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I don't like Thursday night football in the first place anyway. Absolutely, some of the matchups this year were terrible. Yeah, yeah, especially those early season matchups because you could see you could see Broncos. Remember Colts Broncos, everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I I was much more open to Thursday night football when it didn't span the entire season. Remember when it was like what week did they introduce it? Was it like week seven or something? All of a sudden, then the Thursday games would start. That was a little better because teams were kind of they were in football shape for lack of a better term. They were in this this, into the groove of the season already. Some of those early Thursday night games are brutal, you know, like just I don't know. Um, and like I said, nine times out of 10, I'm a fan of more football, but there, there's a point where it becomes too much. And like you said, I'm not a huge college football fan. So I didn't even think of them going head to head with, uh, with, uh, FBS and taking, taking some spotlight time away from, um, college football, but it just seems, it just seems extra money grabby by the NFL. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're the big, they're the big man on campus and they are just kind of throwing their weight around at this point. Yeah. And, the, and then the last thing was not all teams are guaranteed a prime time spot. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Mm. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want to see the Colts. I don't want to see the Broncos. I mean, I think people do want to see the Broncos because they want to see what uh, what they want to see what Sean Payton's going to do with this team. But I don't want to see the Colts. I don't want to see the Texans. I don't want to see the Cardinals. Um, there's certain teams I don't want to watch. They can, I mean, they can have the Thursday night games. Great because it's less often that I have to see them or pay attention to them on during on Red Zone during Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But the one team I think you're going to see a lot in prime time this season. My New York Jets. Oh yeah, you're gonna see them at least. You're gonna see them at least four times in prime time, including Thursday night. I think. I think I'm gonna make a a, a prediction here. I think they're gonna get either they're gonna start week one, either on Sunday night or Monday night against the Giants at Giant Stadium, and it's gonna be that atmosphere is going to be. No, I don't know who if it's if the Giants are the host, the, the quote unquote host. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. That that MetLife Stadium is gonna be crazy. Either way, uh, the Giants are definitely gonna get prime time games because mm-hmm. of what how they did last year, and I think they're gonna be. I think they're right now. Their their bugaboo is the is their their the ultimate hurdle right now is beating the Eagles because they didn't do that at yeah. all last year. They got skunk. They got pretty much got skunked every single 
all through their matchups last year, including the one, including the game where they had Gardner Minshew playing the entire game in the last week of the season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like the fact that we're not going to see te- that we're not going to see teams that don't deserve primetime meetings because they're not going to be that good this year. But yeah, some of these are I, I like. Some of these are kind of the the, fl- the scheduling with the uh, the thing with the no. Um, not exclusive to networks. I'm kind of gonna miss. I'm kind of gonna miss the NFC exclusive on Fox and mm-hmm. AFC exclusive on CBS. And it's gonna be. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's gonna be. Up, that's fine. I mean, that I mean, that way teams have to bid for. The, I guess that's a bid for marquee mac- matchups, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it's. A lot of it's the money grab, like you said, Dustin, from the NFL, because of course, you know, gotta make money somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's certain things I like about this this uh, mix up, and certain things I don't like about this mix up. Um, so it's a mixed reaction from the both of us, I think. Uh, Jeff says, Jeff says, regardless of how the Rogers Jets experiment goes, looking forward to seeing it, no creatures required and Ryan's reactions to it. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wonka says short weeks suck. Yes, yeah. they do. And Jeff says agreed. Short weeks of Thursday night or Thursday. I'm gonna call them. You know what I'm gonna call the really bad matchups on Thursday night football. Thursday night football. All right, I endorse it as your co-host. I co-sign. <laughs> I co-sign. It shall be ratified. <laughs> so it is written. Yeah. So shall yeah. be a tradition. <laughs> so our last topic of tonight before we move on to uh before we go off tonight, before we go off the air tonight, we're gonna about this, talk about this new scandal in college sports, especially in college baseball. We have gambling scandals going on in college baseball. We'll pick up the speed, get you up to speed on what's going on. So on April twenty eighth, there was betting, online betting was stopped in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. When it was found out that suspicious bets were made in Ohio and involved the LSU Alabama baseball game that went on that night. Now there was a speculation that the Alabama that a lot of these suspicious bets were from the Alabama baseball coach. He wound up losing his job, which I think is a good thing. Because yeah. um, he just ruins the integrity of the game. Hi, mm-hmm. Pete. Did we not learn from Pete Rose? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have new allegations that came out actually this afternoon with Iowa baseball after three players were suspended for a three-game series against Ohio State from this past weekend. Some of it, and they and they were speculating it has to do with online gambling. Now Alabama and Iowa, they're both top-ranked baseball teams. They look like they're going to probably win their respective conference, win their respective conferences, or go far in their conference playoff, in their conference playoff tournaments, and make the College World Series. But these stories are crazy. I mean, Dustin, let's talk about this, talk about this a little bit more. Is this going to be a big problem in the NCAA? Like we're seeing this happen in college baseball. Do yeah. you think it's going to spread to other sports? Like we've seen it in the past with. with Arizona State and their gambling and the gambling scandal that happened in nineteen ninety in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Boston yeah. College, that yeah, basketball Boston scandal. College, yeah, for the mob. Yeah, CCNY uh, back in the fifties with their point shaving scandal. Now that the online sportsbook is prevalent in a lot of states right now, thanks to uh, thanks to the Supreme Court in two thousand, I suppose two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen, uh, awarding the, like, telling states, hey, we can you can do sportsbook. 
Is this going to be a problem? I mean, I think I think it could, uh, but I think, and I'm going to sound, and there's going to be a lot of people that that may take offense to this comment, but I think it's I think it's telling that it originated in college baseball, which, in my completely uneducated opinion does not quite have the eyes on it that college basketball or college football does. I think yep. those those are much more closely I don't want to say monitored but but I think you know what I mean. I think it was I I think it's it it would be too uh it would be like it would be going a step too far to say that college baseball was chosen like it was a it was a uh, a calculated act but i do think this broaches a problem for uh, for other college sports that may not because you can gamble on anything so yeah. what's to stop you know this from happening in softball or volleyball or some of the other college sports that aren't as uh aren't as widely viewed or looked upon um yeah. as some of the others and and i forgot to mention Iowa State's baseball not only their baseball team but their wrestling team and track and field teams are coming under investigation with the okay. NCAA too yeah. regarding uh regarding gambling and sports book i kind of wonder if it's the same situation with the we talked about a couple weeks ago with some nfl players being suspended for six games because they were doing because they were gambling on on a team team headquarter premises mm-hmm. i, I kind of wonder if this is the same situation i mean the, yeah. the the alabama baseball one was just a wacky was just a wacky thing with just one game being bet on from outside sources. Everybody's betting on it because supposedly the, the pitcher who's supposed to pitch that night experienced some back problems. They had another guy go in and, and do and do the pitching. So so somebody had an inside tip, whether yeah. it was the coach who gave that tip or somebody on the baseball team associated with the coach gave that tip that caused three states to shut down online sports bet for a long period of time on, 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 on last Friday, last Friday, the 28th, it has to make you wonder what do you think? I know that certain teams, certain fo- certain teams are doing their part to rein in their players from, to stop them from gambling. The NFL is doing this, doing this. Um, and some teams have, I guess what's called a morality clause, other oh, contracts, okay. baseball players. I'm not sure if other player, other, other leagues do this, but do you think? Why do you think other? Why do you think these? Why don't you? Th- let me try to put it this way. Why aren't schools doing more to rein in coaches and players on gambling now that we're seeing this come up more? Now that we've seen this explosion, I don't say explosion, but this. Okay, alarm bells are going off. You know, we're we're seeing gambling. Uh, we're seeing uh, gambling on premises. Uh, during during game, so hopefully hopefully it's not during games, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird thing. What, what do you think the NCAA has to do to rein these players and coaches in from doing this? You know what? I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what they can do uh, aside from making the penalties more severe. Um, hmm. Maybe maybe going the route of uh, vacating of of wins or or something like that. If if you're caught doing it. Because I don't, I I think part of it, and it, it's a mix of two factors. I think, um, 
because gambling is now something that you can pick up and do with your cell phone. And we all know how, as much as I hate to admit it, my, my cell phone, it's become second nature for me to just pick the thing up and, and, you know, check it, scroll it constantly. Uh, I remember when I first got my, um, the Robin Hood app on my phone, and I started investing in a couple of stocks. I was checking it constantly. It's it's it, it was a new thing, and I wonder if some of it is um, because it's so easy and because it's so accessible. It kind of takes the players don't think they might not think like, oh, this is a this is a bad thing I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be. To them, they might be like, oh, this is just like me accessing my Spotify playlist on my phone. It's an app, you know, because it's mm-hmm. so accessible now. Some people may not may may not view it as like this this wrong thing that they're doing. And uh, I think it's going to be tough for the NCAA to keep tabs on it because there also is, you know, how many times if you tell a little kid, don't touch that, don't don't do that. <laughs> some kids are going to want to do it even more, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that may be the nature of some people. So I, I really don't know how the, uh, how the NCAA can try to put this genie back in the bottle, but they've got to come up with something quick. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also with NIL name license, name image likeness uh, being a big thing too, I'm surprised that more sports gambling companies haven't approached some of these athletes and say, Hey, I want you to do not you endorse? We'll, we'll give you some money if you endorse our app or our company. Mm-hmm. This is where the lines get really blurry. And it, and Jeff has a great comment here. He says, hopefully the mainstreaming of gambling options in society don't result in a spike in addiction. I, I definitely agree there. Yeah. Um, if I if I I'll disclose it. I mean, I sometimes I've used DraftKings. I have I have a DraftKings on my phone. I'll put some money in the account, and I'll if I bet, I'll make very small bets. It's mm-hmm. very small, like maybe a dollar, just to, or five dollars here and there. Nothing really too big. I because I just I don't. Gambling's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So it's the yeah, old you gotta wonder. Hate- it's the old adage from the Mel Gibson classic, The Patriot, aim small, miss small. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you you, you got to wonder if the NCAA does have to do something to rein this in before it gets too, before it gets too, it, it just gets out of control. Yeah. It gets out of control. Because you know, we talk about athletes getting, you know, we've talked about athletes getting paid outside of their scholarships, how they can earn money now with NIL. And that seems to be out of control too. Um, so it's, we got to do something about this. Uh, hopefully soon. I, I, they, they, I, it's just, it's crazy. It's, a, it's just crazy stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy time we're living in because then, you know, not to get too crazy, but I'll, I'll put my tinfoil hat on. I would bet you within the next year or a few months somebody's going to figure out how to have an ai program submit you know uh submit bets for them and then what do you do for there because do you hold where do you track the responsibility because the person could say well i didn't submit the bet you know i mean who knows what could happen but i i i heard about and i don't know if this is true but i heard on a podcast i was listening to that supposedly an ai tricked somebody into helping them 
saw the captcha because they said, oh, no, I'm I'm not an AI. I'm a blind person and I just can't see the captcha and I need to log into this. I need to log into this thing. So the person like helped them solve the captcha and then the AI was able to log in. I mean, it's just crazy times we're living in right now. Crazy, yeah. crazy Absolutely times. Lun- absolute lunacy. Absolute <laughs> lunacy. Yeah. All right. So we've had it. We've had a fun time. I know credentials required today. So we just want to remind you before we go to go to our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram and the scarcely used TikTok is at no REQ, Facebook.com forward slash no REQ, YouTube.com forward slash at no REQ. If you're watching live or you're watching on the replay, don't forget to smash that like button, smash responsibly. On the podcast side, subscribe to our podcast on a myriad of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, wherever you podcast. Subscribe to us there. Rate and review. Five stars is always this many stars. Five. Fifth <laughs> stars. And review. If you can you can leave a review somewhere, we'll read it on the air. And yeah, just says AI in there too. Time to build my log cabin. Yep, time to go off the grid, guys. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna leave you for my co-host Dustin. I'm Ryan. You've been watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We'll be back next week at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, I was asked if I was going to talk about the Albany Empire tonight. I said nope, because I already talked about them this morning on Snowman in the Morning, which it's if you want to catch that segment, which is my Coffee with McCarthy segment, you can watch it on the YouTube channel. It's from this morning. I put a certain former NFL football player and current owner, majority owner on the hot seat today. So oh, there we go. Gonna want to check it out. But in the meantime, we're gonna leave you. We'll see you next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And you all enjoy yourself. Have fun watching whatever sports event you watch this week. Take care, everyone.